when I concluded a while ago, I said that those given life from God show forth the work of God in their walk. Our subject is experimental sanctification. I said that first there is positional salvation, that is a judicial aspect being justified in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is spiritual, judicial, and uh, wonderfully true. You can't. We cannot lose our position. If we are positionally sanctified, it is Christ's righteousness that makes us positionally sanctified. Remember, it is God's own righteousness that justifies us. The righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ brings our God to justify His people, to declare them righteous. But we are, our main subject is experimental salvation, although we cannot deal with the one without dealing with the other, of course. But we want to be sure that you are exposed to the fact that there is experimental salvation, uh, experimental sanctification. God demands of His people, having given the Holy Spirit to them in regeneration, that they seek to walk after the Spirit instead of after the flesh. That we seek to walk in uprightness and righteousness. Therefore, He is, without saying it in that way, demanding that we keep up more than an acquaintance with the Word of God, but that we guide our lives by the Word of God and give our hearts and minds to our great God so that we are very tender towards the uh, working of the Spirit in our conscience uh, to guide us in the right way. And I concluded by saying that wherever in this world two Christians may meet, in whatever they may differ, they have this in common that Jesus Christ has called them to be conformed to His image, as we just read. Grace is at work in them, remaking them from the inside out. Again, turn a page or two in Romans, to uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, what does that mean? Well, certainly at the least it means you don't let your body do whatever it wants to. You're sacrificing the things of this world. You're sacrificing the uncleanness. You're sacrificing the false doctrine. You're sacrificing the idolatry. You're sacrificing the uncleanness. A living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. A preacher who's trying to get you 
to live a holy life is not being unreasonable. Now some, being misguided uh, in their understanding of the gospel, can uh, do very much harm or keep uh, people completely miserable uh, because he doesn't understand the gospel enough to teach positional sanctification, positional justification, that we are justified already who believe. God justifies us. We were justified in His purpose from eternity. But when it is an accomplished fact, when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, God justifies us at that time. In the judgment, God is not going to look at and try to figure out who are His and who are not. Don't you remember in Matthew 25 what the Lord Jesus said in verse, either verse 30 or 31, uh, what the Scripture says, He divided them. He divided them. Put the unbelievers on one side and the believers on the other side. I may have put, the, put my hands wrong, the wrong one in each place, but that's what He did. That means they, the believers were saved in time while they were alive. They were justified when they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, in Romans 6, I will read some from uh, Romans 6 at this time, verses 12 through 18. I'd like to read the whole thing, but I need to uh, honor the clock. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. This is so so hard to take in. He gives you the figure, all of the sin of our lives, counting it as a body, the body of sin. And that, He's telling us to in dealing with our bodies, Know that all of its sinfulness and all of the sins that you committed in it and all of the sins that you will still commit while you're a believer, those are all dead as far as the law is concerned and as far as God's judgment is concerned because He judged you in Christ on the cross. And Christ paid for those sins. That's what's going on in this that He is saying. For he that is dead is freed from sin. We are dead judicially, legally to sin. Say, yeah, but sin is still in me. It sure is. But in heaven, God looks upon you as being in Christ. He looks upon you as being there with Christ and having Christ's righteousness and dwelling and living as Christ's people. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over Him. As sure as Christ was resurrected right from the tomb, so the believer is resurrected in the new man. He is the new man. The spiritual man. That is a type of resurrection. 
For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, that means after the same fashion, after the same manner. Reckon ye, count ye, impute. The word for uh, reckon can also be translated impute. And is in places. And count and judge. And so, so that uh, you are to think of yourself in this way. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Again, obviously every believer who is at war with a sin that his fleshly nature keeps plaguing him with knows that he is not dead as far as sin is concerned in this world or in this body. But God has judged the body dead through the Lord Jesus Christ. And He has judged our sins dead through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to reckon that. We are to accept that as true. We are to count upon that. Judicially, God has justified us, declared us righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ and for what the Lord Jesus Christ did. We who believe, and again I appeal to you young men and women or to you, any of you who can understand essentially that Christ is the great and glorious Savior and there's no way out of hell except you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ now while you're alive because you won't get a second chance. Please, Consider what we are saying. Consider this rich and deep theology that most people cannot ever come to grips with or ever even understand. Thousands, thousands of Arminian, works-mongering preachers this day will be reading this perhaps and they won't even have an idea of what it's saying. They can only think in terms of works-mongering. And so they don't even preach this aspect of judicial salvation. They do not preach the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ having been accomplished and the people saved even before they're born. They are certain of salvation because they are going to be born. God created His people. He appointed them from eternity. He purposed them from eternity and then they come on the scene and He saves them in time. But in time, Jesus died. And now the gospel is fully furnished with the worth and the merit to save people completely who believe upon Christ. <clears throat> and that's why we, you have to understand in your mind that some of this is... The judicial work that Christ was doing is what he's talking about. That judicial work secured our justification and secured our resurrection so that he can talk about us as being, our sin being dead, and our flesh being dead because they are going to die. They're already judged that way. But he can speak of us as resurrected judicially also and spiritually resurrected because He has regenerated us and we are alive to God and alive to Christ. Now listen, this is what sanctification is. It's that living 
life that the Spirit of God put in you. The new life, the spiritual life, the Spirit of God put in you. And it doesn't agree with the sinful things of the world or the sinful things of our <coughs> sinful flesh. That though it is judged dead, it has not been killed as yet. Likewise, reckon ye, count yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. You ever tried to do that? Oh, it's a hard thing to do because sin ain't dead in us. But ever, He's giving us the record, giving us the recipe for having a peaceful conscience as long as you can believe what He's teaching here, you can have a peaceful conscience. You can have a joyous spirit. When one of our loved ones that is a believer dies, we mourn, we grieve, but we have joy also because we count or reckon that they went to heaven, they went to glory, they suffer no more. They're in the glory with Christ and that cheers and comforts us. Well, dear friend, this is not an exact parallel, but you can see, uh, you can see that we're counting things that are true, that are true, even though sin is still with us and in us, we can count ourselves dead to sin. Count this body dead to sin. Reckon as though it was dead to sin because sin has no power to to uh, damn us. The law doing its wonderful, glorious job of condemning sin does not condemn God's people who are alive and well on planet earth. Because Christ has satisfied the law completely concerning our sins. That's for real believers. That's for the elect who are not yet saved and for the elect who are saved. And the elect wherever they are in this world that are believers. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have to be very careful how we think about God. Because this sorry flesh that is already judged and condemned and this sorry old man that is judged and condemned so it's spoken of as dead, we are to reckon it as dead and we are not to, we are to not let it reign in our mortal body because God has already passed judgment upon it. And we are alive through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. And what is he saying except that if you keep in mind and if you walk living day by day in the knowledge of what Christ did, in the knowledge that you are justified and declared righteous before God, that you are God's much-loved sons. You are His righteous sons judicially. If you keep all of these truths in mind and live off of them, instead of getting so woe be God because of the sin nature that is in you and 
the things it's trying to get you to do and the things it does get you to do, still, you have a recourse. You come back to Christ. That's the only place that there's joy for people who are falling into sin and not obeying their conscience, but insulting their conscience by their sins. You keep Christ in mind. You keep your righteousness in mind in Christ. But you also, if you're a real believer, you can say, Lord, I know I'm making a poor out of it, but I am trying. Oh God, oh my Father, I want to be obedient to You. I'm trying to be obedient to You. And sometimes I'm so so tried by the flesh that I may can't tell whether I'm even trying to be obedient to you, but I'm going to keep on clinging to Christ. And I'm going to keep on trying to walk according to the law, knowing that Jesus fulfilled its uh, every charge against me. Still, that law has a right to condemn me for my sin, but I'm going to keep on because I love the law. Oh, how love I thy law. J- uh, David who was a sinner just like us, put into the Psalms. I do love the law of God. Why? Because it's truth. Because it's right. There's a place you can go and there's pure truth. It's truth and it's light and it's never going to be wrong. So why can a real believer not believe it when he's already justified in the Lord Jesus Christ? We can comfort ourselves if we will seek to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, holding the truth of this gospel as the light before our minds at all times. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. This is our duty. This is what we're trying to do. This is how we're trying to live. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of, unrighte- of, of righteousness unto God. <clears throat> for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. You're not under the law because Christ has satisfied all God for all of the sins that you have committed, are committing, or ever will commit. They've all been paid for. Therefore, the law has no accusation against you. That is, no uh, criminal accusation against you. Now, if you break the laws of the land, if you murder somebody, I pray God, or if I murder somebody, I pray God that He will bring the law the physical laws of the land down upon me and so forth. But the fact is that believers' sins are really paid for. And they have a real righteousness in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has borne the guilt and punishment of all of our sins. And we who are seeking actively seeking day by day and hour by hour as real Christians do and should. Seeking to obey God and walk with Him 
we can have the comfort of what we see here apply, be applying it to our souls. We're not under the law, but under God's grace. Now the antinomian takes this under God's grace uh, well there's two kinds of antinomians. I won't, won't go down that, that trail, but there's two kinds of antinomians. There are uh, antinomians like uh, Brother Cook and Brother Campbell in what they've been teaching their church. They, they teach you to follow the Spirit. Uh, the only thing I would fault them in is uh, that the way they teach it, you have to be able to discern pretty well uh, perfectly whether what spirit it is whether it's the holy spirit or some other spirit and nobody can do that successfully i mean every time they yes they say the the same things about the scripture that i say but uh, they add that other element that came from I think from probably deeper life influence uh, in their previous years. Because they seek to live holy lives, but they discount the law. We just follow the Spirit. Well, the fact is, if you're following the Spirit, you are following the law. (laughs) They contradict themselves. The very proposition contradicts itself uh, before they can get it said. The only way you can follow the Spirit is by following this Scripture and being in obedience to the Spirit. You're in obedience to this Scripture, which means you're in obedience to the law of God and to the precepts of God that are set forth in the Scripture. But sin shall not have dominion over you. Many, many times we feel like it does. And actually... Uh, we do fall into sin, and it, it's sin at that point has won a victory, but it is not won a victory because we're not going to hell. Yes, we are weak, we are feeble, and we are frail, and uh, we commit many sins that we don't even know that we commit. Most sins are mental sins anyway. <clears throat> so we commit many sins that we don't know about, but Christ is our Savior. What then? Shall we sin? Here's what he's getting at. This is what he's after. They're accusing him. The Jews were accusing him. They're telling people this doctrine of justification. And if people believe that, then this is a, this is a standard Arminian worksmonger argument. It's one that all worksmongers have to use. If you really believe that you're justified in the Lord Jesus Christ and as much as uh, in heaven already and can't be lost, then you are going to live an ungodly life. You won't, you won't be careful of how you live. What they don't know is the new, the new spirit that God puts in His people the first thing you recognize about yourself is you hate sin. You hate unrighteousness. You hate uncleanness. And you're striving against all of these things. You're striving to walk with a loving God 
Because a loving Christ came to redeem you from your sin. That's your way of life. And they can't comprehend that. I fear, I fear it may be because so many of them simply are not believers because they don't really believe the true gospel. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law? That's what he started with in verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Shall we, that word continue can indicate even increase in sin. Sin more so that we'll get more grace. Shall we do that? And that's what he says here. Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? But everything, every Christian instinct in us agrees with what Paul said. God forbid. God help us against sin. That's how we pray day by day and hour by hour as we live. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, if a person is a person who is an antinomian, the kind that says, well, Christ paid for the sin. I don't have to worry about it. I can go on and live like I want to. And there, there are lots of people who are doing that. And lots of, of people who are tending to do that because they have, have not been taught that if you're justified, you're being sanctified. They separate sanctification from justification. These people say, you can make Jesus Lord of your life, but you don't have to. What are they doing except what I'm talking about right here? It's exactly what they're doing. They're saying, Jesus is going to save you whatever you do. That's what comes across to the people under that kind of system. You don't have to make Jesus Lord of your life. You don't have to mind God if you don't want to, is what they're saying. Because Jesus paid for all the sin. And that's what comes across to these people. And so they just go on and live a worldly, ungodly life and drop off into hell. Because if the Spirit of God is in them, they will be brought up short. To start with, they will see... Ultimately, there's got to be something erroneous about that. The first time I heard it, I had not been converted very long, and I said, that's a bunch of crap. That cannot be true. And I heard it in a big meeting at First Baptist Church and trying to get people to go to see a Billy Graham film. And I went and saw the film. But that was the first time I heard about this lordship doctrine that they have created. The Spirit of God certainly never comforts anybody with saying, oh yeah, it's okay. Go ahead and do whatever you want to. It's all paid for. That is not a Christian doctrine. We see that as if you read chapter 7, you see the Apostle Paul has the exact same struggles that we have. and has the exact same failures that we have. David and all of the great men of the Scripture, even Daniel, and I'm trying to think of the other one. There's two men. Joseph, even Daniel and Joseph, though God never says anything negative about them, we know that they were men 
And we know that they had a sinful nature. God purposely left them that way because of the whole context of what He was doing with them. But we know that they had sinful natures. Sin was at war in them just like it is us. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey His servants you are. If you yield yourself to sin, then you're the slave of sin. You are the servants, the slaves to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death, and that's eternal death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked. And he's directing this to the Romans. That ye were the servants, the slaves of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart, from the new spirit, the new man, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. You're legally free. You're justified eternally in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of God because of that is so great in you that you're no longer a slave of sin though you fall into sin. You're no longer the slave of sin because it does not have a slave hold on you. It doesn't own you like a master owns a slave. <clears throat> we are always in the process of believing and repenting and walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 I will be finished pretty quickly. Verses 19 and 20 I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word. These guys can talk a good game. But the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. <clears throat> the Spirit of God, I brought that in to re-encourage our minds. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of God. He has power to help us. He has power to rule us. He has power to cause us to love God. He has power to cause us to recognize sin. He has power even when we fall in uh, for what we think of as unfoully. Even when we uh, went ahead and sinned in things that we know better than to sin that isn't on, on our conscience. The Holy Spirit has power to draw us back and grant us peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And that the power of that kingdom is the Spirit of God using the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then again, in... Uh, Chapter 6, the same two verses, 19 and 20. Well, let me back up and read a bit. There's a, there's a whole list of uh, 
concerning all of chapter 6 concerns sanctification. Verse 15, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined in the Lord unto the Lord is one spirit. He's one with God by the Holy Spirit. Flee fornication. How dare he tell these antinomians to flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Well, what a blessed, blessed gospel we have. All the bases are covered for those who are truly believing in Christ. Yes, they will sin. Yes, they will be miserable over sin. But the blood of Christ has already paid for that sin. And they can go and, uh, to Christ in their minds and they can re-sprinkle that blood of Christ uh, on their conscience, reminding themselves that their, their state with God is that they are justified. The lawyers have made their case. The judge has passed sentence. And the sentence has been executed that you are justified in the Lord Jesus Christ who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a glorious, glorious gospel that is that I'm able to call you to one more time. Quit quibbling. Quit saying, I'll think about this later. Quit laying traps by yourself for yourself by thinking of all of the unclean things you want to do before you believe. Don't get the idea that you can believe whenever you want to because it ain't true. And anybody who tells you that is saying a lie whether they know it or not. You can't believe anytime you want to. God cuts people off. God reprobates people. God hardens people's hearts just like He hardened Pharaoh's heart. Prove that you're not a Pharaoh. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Be saved. <clears throat> Joshua dismisses, please. Amen, and ask this blessing for the lost here and among all of our family and friends. They will indeed cry out to you for mercy, <coughs> realizing that uh, they are at your mercy, that you are not at their mercy. But you will have you'll have mercy on whom you will and whom you will you part. This would uh, be an extremely fearful thing to them as it ought to be to every human being. They would uh, fall on their faces before you plead for mercy. Have mercy upon them. Open the hearts of these young ones here, our children, our 
nieces and nephews and all of these. And uh, have mercy upon we your people that ever you may be drawing us forward after yourselves. Walk with you ever more faithfully to the Lord Jesus, as is our duty. In Christ's name.